Welcome everybody to Lace Out 2021. We are back for our fourth season here on the number one podcast this side of the Westgate Bridge. If you don't know me, I'm Peps, the 377 game superstar for the East Keeler Football Club and the co-host with the most, Jamie Wallace, the officially, unofficially ranked number nine Iron Man in the world at one particular stage for his age group and all-round Port Adelaide superstar. We're back, and it's how you want your footy. How are you, great man? Ah, I feel like I can breathe again. How good is it with footy one week away from the, the greatest game? We are back. We are back. We're excited. Can you believe, people, that we are back this Thursday night, football's back, and once again, we are going to be probably let down with Richmond absolutely polarising the Carlton Football Club. So it wouldn't be the start of the football season with Carlton getting their hopes up and falling in a complete heap in front of the entire AFL supportive nation. It's, it's was, what we want, and it's how we love our football. I was like Look to say, it's, it's, it's the sacrifice to the football gods the first game of the round. It's two days, mate. It is Two days, Donna, two days until we are back. So if you're not excited, nothing will. But before we get into this year, Jamie, what have you been doing? Tell me, it's been a long off-season. What have you been up to? Tell us what's been going on in the Wallace household. So much, so much. So last season we made the move to Coastside. We're now down towards Torquay. Um, and really, it's just been settling into the new house. I've got my training back under the under you know under control again. I'm doing my double sessions every day. Double podcast, sessions, as in morning and nighttime. And um, started a new job. It's it's been a busy 2021 already, Peps, and that's just the family front. Let alone. All of the stuff that you and I have been planning for this podcast in our fourth season, Peps. Fourth season. And that's it. And like I say, we say it every episode that we do it for the listeners, for the people who are live with us here on the Facebook live channel, the people that listen to us on the podcast, we do it for you. So be part of the chat. Get on there. Ask us anything you want, any questions, any feedback that you have for the upcoming season. Drop a drop a question on the Facebook page. Drop a question in the chat. That is what we're here for. But I'll tell you what, Next. Jamie. Oh, yeah, sorry. What's uh, What was your summer like? What did you get up to? Oh, what did I get up to? Well, well, well. Well, I didn't, wasn't as exciting as yours, I must admit. I, I tried to watch a little bit of the cricket. I watched Australia fall in a heap. Reminded me like, like Melbourne. Uh, just little things around here. Work was busy. Just played a bit of golf, lots of karate. Just enjoyed my time and and got my hopes up for the D's having a magnificent season. And then the injuries hit us already, and I'm already looking forward to 2022. <laughs> <laughs> so there's nothing really that's going to pump me up for anything, right? Uh, upcoming season. So. Unless there's something that you can think of that might get me excited and get me built up for the, not just today, but for the season, I'd really appreciate it. The night is young, Pips. The night is young. All right. So where do you want to start, mate? Where do, where do you want to kick things off for this uh, for this kickoff episode for 2021? Where would you like to start the draw? Do you want to talk about the teams? Do you want to talk the upcoming games? What's I'm handing it over to you. Do you want to talk about your receding hairline? Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's 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 going to be a, a constant moving target this season. Um, Peps, you know what? It's the fourth season. We're no longer the the young ones at the club anymore. Mm. I need a bit of a kick to get my season going. I'm in pre-season. I just need that first week is always the roughest. I need something to really amp me and you and our listeners up for 2021. Do you have anything? And to maybe set the context for the year and, and set what we're going to bring to the party? I think so. This is 2021. We need to really get our listeners engaged and, and, and uh, thinking about what's going on. Personally, no. <laughs> but I think I might have somebody who we could maybe relate to who might be able to give us a bit of help in this particular area. Afternoon, Brett Kirk, Sydney Swans co-captain. He's in the Essendon rooms. Thanks, Basil. I just want to give you a bit of an insight into the Saturday afternoon team. We're a bunch of unique individuals. Malthouse, Harley, Zemplis, McLaughlin and myself. Wallace We're and We're going to engage with our minds and our hearts. Turned on. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts and even our energy. That's dangerous. And to speak from your heart, you need to have courage. You need to be honest and authentic. We're not always going to get it right. No. And sometimes no, true. you're not going to agree with us. But that's okay, because just like you, we care. Just like you, we're passionate about the game. Mm -hmm. So if you want to come along for the ride, join us on Sadayavos, because Tuesday we night. just love the footy. Oh, Thanks, Kirky. J-Dog, mate, I'm pumped. I'm oh, pumped. Oh. Shivers. Where's shivers. that brick wall? Who's got the shivers? Mind you, um, I think Donna on the chat has just pretty much said it perfectly when it just comes to, um, yeah, what, what, was he, what was he on? What, 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 what was he on when he did that? Is it, is it the greatest ever opening to a football season ever? Ah, oh, just it's it's a classic. I don't. I reckon he must go back on Saturday night and rewatch that and just thought, "What have I done?" Oh, I reckon he would have gone and said, mm, "I didn't get in depth. I didn't get in deep enough. It was quite high level. That I need to get deeper." <laughs> I need to throw some Shakespeare in there. Yeah, some TM Lewis, some something to just massage the loins of the listener out there, the authentic man, the MCC. Not the commoners out there, but uh, yes. So, yeah, it was big. And you know what? One of the other big things that I have been doing over the preseason, and I have to thank everybody who's been involved, is if you haven't heard them, our 2021 season previews. I think we've dropped 11 of them. We've still got a number to go. And we're even going to drop them after the first game because, as Gary Lyon says, you don't oh, – sorry, round one is really just as important as round 22, which I think is an absolute load of crap. Because <laughs> when Melbourne win round one, our, our membership goes up. And when Melbourne lose, Dan Murphy sales go up. So I'm really hoping that it's a draw so both clubs win. Yeah. But I will say uh, it has been a joy. I know there's a couple of people from a number of the podcasts out there. Scotty McNeese is uh, joining us at the moment from the Essendon one, and he's he's online, and, and it's been absolutely sensational. Uh, listens have been through the roof. We've got a couple more coming, so stay tuned for more season previews. They have been an absolute blast to do, uh, and the feedback coming back has been really awesome about it as well too. So Everyone <clears throat> out there listening, uh, snaps. And claps to Peps because he has put in a hell of a preseason and organizing all that. I saw the spreadsheet today. I saw the I saw the wizard behind the curtain, and um, it's, it's it's a hell of a ride and a hell of a thing that he's organized. So Peps, well done. Um, I've listened to all of them, 
They've all been really great, uh, maybe except for that Port Adelaide one. Oh, no. Those Port Adelaide blokes are unbelievably biased towards themselves. But, hey, you know what? Let's talk about some footy, mate, because it's been not just our preseason, but there's been a lot of things going on over the last... (laughs) Oh, Jamie Wallace, what a call. Call of, I'll tell you what, we have a call of the year. We might have to have call of the year, and I reckon we've already nailed it. Somebody has actually said that Jamie looks like Jaden Stevenson's dad. That is gold. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. JC, the cheese, love the cheese. Justin oh, Calvert, amazing. absolute superstar. And if you ever need to it already. Yeah, if you and by the way, if you ever need any custom wood making or uh, cabinetry, Justin Kelbert is the man to see. So no. drop a like, drop a like on the page. No. Uh, he'll be definitely no. Just buy, some, buy from somewhere else. Stuff <laughs> buy from IKEA. Somewhere else. Just get back to IKEA. <laughs> All right, so let's have a chat about it because there's been a lot going on uh, around the grounds. Funny enough, and we're going to call that our new segment from now on. Uh, around the grounds is the news of the week. So. We're going news of the week, but we're going from what's happened over the um, over the preseason. And I think the biggest around the grounds was simply the Eddie Maguire leaving Collingwood. How did you feel when the great man had been there for twenty plus years and the way that he left? Um, I, I thought it was an absolute shame because he has put his heart and soul, money, family time into that club for a lot longer than people have been supporting it. And to see the way that he went out was a, a travesty in my eyes. How did you see it? Yeah, probably much the same as you, Peps. When it all first sort of kicked off, um, and, you know, this is, you know, as Brett Kirk has told us to be this season, Peps, we've got to speak from our hearts and have the courage to speak about it. Um, I felt that he probably did have a missed say when he first, when that report did come out. But honestly... It was, um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen him have a chance to actually work on some of those things. But at the same time, he's also had 15 years to work on those things around the club anyway. So I can see both sides of the coin. I personally, I feel from the board, there was sponsor pressure to maybe release him or him to step down. Otherwise, it would have cost them financially a lot more. And I think he probably did fall on his sword in that sense because the love for Collingwood is so great. Yeah, well, I think the thing that probably said it a lot was when he opened up the press conference with uh, this brilliant quote that uh, one of our valued listeners, John Michael, has come up with. It It was a great day in the history of the Collingwood Football Club. I think he probably got that one a little bit wrong. And you're right, I think that was the straw yeah. that broke the camel's back because, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's, had, he's had a number of things go over uh, around, the, around the years. But my goodness, if I had an Eddie Maguire at my club, um, I would have absolutely have loved it because he is an absolute star. Yeah. Uh, and I think you've got to take the good with the bag. It's a bit of like the Tiger Woods syndrome. He is, he's fantastic at what he does, but he also has his major flaws as well too. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it, it was just a tra- it was just you know, a shame to see him go out that way and apparently hasn't been in hasn't been in too good nick since that's occurred too. So, you know, from everybody no. here at Lace Out and the whole football community, we are, you know, nothing but the best goes out to him as well too. So, because he was uh, he does come he does come with such a big profile, but he also is someone who then has the ability to potentially change things because he is such a big personality. Um, and if he was going to write the ship, I think he w- could have been the right person to write that ship because of such influence and such um, such of a way that he is that he could have done it. But um, 
unfortunately, yeah, it's probably as Joel has mentioned, it is um, the straw that broke the camel's back with all the Adam Goods incidents and all those sorts of things on live on radio. And I guess exactly right. you know, it is what it is. It's now moved on. There were people who were calling for Collingwood to release Bucks and um, Eddie three years ago now. So I don't know. Maybe they've got what they want. Oh, hindsight's twenty twenty. We've said that many, many times over the years, and everybody, everybody can predict these things perfectly after it occurs too. But yeah, not worrying about yeah. it. Hey, listen, there's also been some other things. I'm not too sure if you're known for something different. The AFL decided to change the rules again. <laughs> Your favourite subject? Just my favourite. My favourite subject that always pops up is the rule changes that are occurring now. You've written a few of these down, so I might let you start these ones off, and then. Um, bring it to the forefront, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Sure. Okay, so at the end of every year, the AFL goes through and reviews um, the rules in three different tiers. So you've got the AFL level, the VFL, VAFA level, that sort of tier two, and then you've got uh, tier three changes as well. So what we're going to focus on in this part is just the three AFL rule changes, and there have been three changed in total, um, some for good, some for worse, and some that Peps is probably going to hate, which is probably all of them. So... You know, this is Peps's favorite subject alongside athletes being footballers. So, rule oh. number one <laughs> it, took him, it took him 13 minutes of the season to bring up athletes being footballers. All right, rule number one a maximum of 75 total player interchanges per match. So, interchanges has been a hot topic ever since 2015 now. So, where rotations were 90 per match in 2020, they have been reduced to further 15 down to 75 in 2021. Each team will continue to be permitted for interchange players, but watch that space because there could be changes coming in that area. So the first one is interchanges going from 90 down to 75. Once again, in the hopes that it will free up the game, players get more tied and uh, more goals and more scores are had. Number two, player standing the mark. Is this the biggest rule controversy in the off-season? I've never seen my Facebook, Twitter, all those things just light up with this rule. So, I'll read it as the AFL has stated on their website. Oh, God. The defending player will only be permitted minimal lateral movement on the mark. If the defending player moves off the mark in any direction prior to play on being called, a 50-meter penalty will apply. The defensive team is unable to substitute the player on the mark. So there are two big things, and Peps, I might ask you to come back in this one here. There are two big things here that stick out to me. Permitted minimal lateral movement. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Because I've seen a lot of practice – oh, sorry, two practice matches (laughs) – but for every club, but for every club, I've seen the rule look like last year where players just ran and blocked off the 45 kick. I've seen the Essendon St. Kilda game where they were dynamite. Like you couldn't take a step to left or right before getting caught a 50 meter penalty. The whole idea is the rule is here to stop um, the players blocking up the 45 meter kick yep. on the inside. That's why I was brought in. So then players are now free to make that kick and, and, and get it in. Mm-hmm. So, Peps, what have you liked about it? What have you not liked about it? Where are you with this no moving on the mark? Okay. So, let me start with the first one. The 75 interchanges? Yep. So be it. All right. I don't have an issue with it. And it's also a bit hard to determine if it's going to be a positive 
or a negative, okay? Because if you're looking at last year, we only had 17 games. The quarters were 16 minutes. They had a bit of a different preseason. It was an anomaly. This year, they've gone back to full 20-minute quarters. They're going to have less in relation to off-field support staff, so masseuses, uh, physios, trainers, etc. So the recovery time might be a little bit longer. So I don't think that it's going to make much of an effect in probably the first month. I reckon around about six to eight weeks in is when you're going to see it really take its toll. That saying, though, I have no issue if there is a natural attrition to the game. Because I still think that you can't go full tilt 100%. You do need to have that grind and you need to have that slowdown as well too. And I don't know if I've mentioned it, but after playing uh, 377 games for the almighty East Keeler Football Club, which if anyone does not know, Heath Shaw, the AFL legend, will be at my club this year. Uh, He heard that I retired 10 years ago and wanted to step into my shoes. <laughs> I, I want to. I, I can obviously say you do need to have those lull times in a game because it is it is back and forth throughout. So it will be good to see the slow t- slow play as well as the fast play. Will clubs go helter skelter full out or early on, or will they draw it out and then have more rotations in the back end? I don't know. That's the mystery. And I think also in practice games they don't let it all out too much. So. I'm not really worried about that because you never see a game what's one by one point in you look at the possessions, you don't look how many interchanges have been. Oh, geez, that extra interchange got him over the line. You never mm-hmm. think that. All right. Mm-hmm. The second one for the uh, the location of the market at the, the kick-ins. So when they stand back an extra, I think it's an extra five meters, once again, not a big deal. If you have a look I at how far they were standing back. I haven't even right, talked about that one Well, yet, when you get into it, not much of a difference. Okay. <laughs> I'm just – Putting things in the future. Just going off. Standing on the mark. All yes. right. So the standing yes. on the mark. Just look Where at the run sheet. Just look <laughs> at the run sheet. That's all you have to do. You sound, you sound like my wife when she tells me to follow the instructions. Just, I, I can't. I can't. The player standing on the mark, right? When I first saw this, I thought, this is a joke. Okay. And especially when they went to primary school with the stand, stand, stand. And then I saw a couple of instances where players moved off the mark and it was a 50 go are you are you really kidding okay that saying i don't actually mind this one as a rule and i never thought i'd say it because if you look at it it doesn't allow the player on the mark to be able to uh square off the cut the kick coming in or the kick going right and so it opens up the ground a little bit more so i do like that the thing that i don't like is is that it is human nature to sort of follow the man a little bit instinctively. And so mm-hmm. you're going to see a little bit of sideways movement. There has to yeah. be that common sense approach that if they're making a deliberate ploy to, to, to break off that line, then certainly that's a 50. But if it's just a, a small step, which is not going to impact the way that the ball is kicked or moved on, I, I see no issue with that whatsoever. Okay. The other thing that I'm a little bit – peeved about though is that if a guy's having a shot for the mark a shot for a shot for goal the player literally just has to kick over the guy on the mark they're actually using it as an indicator for for kicking it straight so if you kick it literally over the guy's head when you're having a shot at goal it's going to go through because they're almost in line they're not able to put you off you can't run around and throw up and give the hands up and all that sort of stuff you can't do anything so if you're standing in in straight line between you and the goals you're actually using it as an indicator 
as a kick point, put it over the top of their head and you're virtually going to go, going to go through. So I think it's a bit of a, I think that part's a bit of a farce. You should be able to put the player off within the 50. That's what, that's the only thing that I would say is, is that usually within the 50, somebody's going to be having a shot. So you should be able to go off. But outside of that, um, I, I don't mind it. If, it. if it opens up the game and makes it more of a running spectacle, great. But it's almost like they're going to make the game faster, but then also make it slower. So once again, I think they're almost nullifying what they want too. So. Okay. Question came in. Can I, uh, this is from Rambo. Can they, can you then run at the player? The only time you can then run at the player is once the umpire calls play on, then you're able to go at him. But until they do that Rambo, unfortunately you're not going to be able to do so. Your hands are going to be up and no, no way Jose. So it's almost like the goal square is almost obsolete now because the goal square was what blocked people off. You had to kick it to yourself and run off now. It's just a run out. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I don't know what it's there for anymore. I. It's, it's hard for these players because they've probably done it all of their life. Is that what you said? He's follow naturally follow the lead around where the player's moving, but just stand there. Just stand there. Don't move. Just stand there and wait to play on. And that's all you got to do. I know Can't it's really. Yeah, just stand there. Otherwise, what what annoys me about this rule is the and someone mentioned in the comments. I don't know who it was now, but someone mentioned it's it's this minimal movement is open to interpretation. For example, I take that three oh one where the guy literally turned his oh, back on the player. Ch- he turned around and walked backwards to almost stretch his legs. Nick, that that's where the common sense is. He really affecting what he's doing. Yeah, but that's no. but, it, but this is where this is where I hope that we don't end up. I hope there's a bit of a revision of the rules after, or it, maybe it's happened already where they go, you know what, a step or two here or there is not going to impact it. Exactly what we right. do want to stop is, you know, someone taking 10 feet to the left or 10 feet to the right. Yep. Um, but, yeah, there was there was so, there were very, very there were instances where it was ticky-touch wood and I didn't like that. I think they said something along the lines of there was over the, over the weeks there's around about 200 marks taken a game. So if you do that over the nine games, 1,800 marks, and there was only five given. Mm. They've adapted pretty well. I just don't want the stupid one given, which then could potentially cost a goal, cost a game because of something as, as silly as that. Yeah, That's the one that annoys me. And the, also the other one that annoys me, it's a little bit flowing from last year is, you know, when you're running down the ground after a 50 has been paid and you, you, you get in his way, if, if you're not in his way or you're not in the personal space, but you're not directly affecting the person kicking the ball, it should, once again, common sense, just, hey, what, it, it shouldn't be. But if you're deliberately trying to, you know, put the person off kicking the ball or disposing with it, then that should be a 50. So, yeah, that the common sense side of things needs to be brought in a little bit more. So. And the umpires got better at that. I mean, the umpires now- They did get better players, at it. They, the umpires give players warning, you know, get out of the space, get out of the space. They'll call it three times. And if you haven't got out of the space, it, it's, it, it's straight up. Exactly right. And, you know, if there's any umpires listening now, tell us how hard it is to umpire because- we sit from the stands, beer in our hand, hot dog in the other, cheering go geez with our cheese board. In Jamie's case, he's cheering from behind a, a padded cell, uh, <laughs> waiting for his parole officer to let him loose for the day. Tell us what it's like to umpire, because I'm tipping it's not as easy as we think it's going to be. So if you're on the chat, throw one out there, and um, we'd love to hear from you as well too. Now, the one that I did sort of jump the gun on was the location of the mark at kick-ins. Just give us a heads up with that one, J-Dog. Sure. So it previously was uh, from Kickins. It was previously set to ten meters. Now it's just been pushed back another five to fifteen. So once again, it's just allowing the player from the Kickins to run a bit further out and hopefully kick the ball somewhere up between the edge of the square and the center. 
Now, one thing I want to quickly bring in before we go into that, you asked me what I've been doing on the preseason and those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Just want to let it know that uh, I took the kids camping on the weekend uh, oh. with a few of the with a few of the footy boys. It was an absolute uh, it was an absolute uh, cracking weekend. You know, we been, the guys have been doing it for a number of years. I've been going the last few years, and I just want to put a shout out to to one of the guys who's, who's dropped something on the chat. I know he's deliberately tuned in tonight. Um, uh, his name's Heath Buxton. He's asked us the question: How was the dinner on Saturday night? And I can say. It was absolutely sensational. We had roast pork, roast beef, roast lamb, veggies, everything. And there's um, there's only one person I can actually thank for all of that. And I really do appreciate your help there, David Walsh, for um, being able to do that for us. And um, Heath uh, sat on your coattails for the, the whole weekend too. So, David Walsh, you are an absolute star. You cook the best roast dinners. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the uh, 2022 install. So, Thank you very much. Just like to um, share that with all the listeners out there that get out there and um, and if you can get camping, it's one of the greatest things that you can do with your family. All, all right. right, next one, Peps. Next Thanks one, buddy. So, what has kicked off at the start of this week, or really the end of last week, starting into this week, was there could be another rule change coming in. Oh. Peps, one final change, one final change, oh. and this is the interchange. Now, do you have a little thing for this or not? Nah, just go with it. All right. The interchange furor that has erupted around. So. Oh, hold on. The- I do. Sorry. Yep. There you go. There still, we go. still getting on at the cobwebs. All right. So the ca- the coaches um, have had their say with the AFL, or particularly Clark. I suppose he's probably been the main guy who's been driving this. Is the league is set to introduce an injury substitute for 2021 season at the behest of the coaches? So they've been requesting AFL to do this. Essentially, if a player gets injured um, and they want to replace him with the injury substitute, so basically having uh, someone there, they they do a hammy or they do a knee or whatever it could be. It could be it could be a um, what's it called? Injury. When you get knocked out, what's it Concussion. Called? Concussion. They come off and you can replace this special allocated player to replace that person. How do you feel about this, Peps? Yes or no from you? No. Good. I'm glad you agree because I think that's what makes the game the game is if you are injured and uh, you have to go down a player, then then so be it. You're that's down the a player. Game. It's just, it's this, this is what annoys me is that – once again, the coaches aren't getting their way. You started off with two on the bench. It went to three on the bench. You then had a sub. It went to four. And now you want a fifth? It's, I'm sorry, but it's part of the game. I would be happy if they took four ways. Four, just get, get rid of one of them and have it there. You can't. If It's just out of control. Like the game is losing the the fabric. And who's to say that, yeah, he has a concussion and then they say it's not a concussion and the player's already been subbed out. Like it's – Or it's a 20-minute test. Coaches will find a way around it, right? Mm -hmm. They're always going to do that. They're they're smart enough to do these sort of things. There is no way that it is – it should come in. Like how many – got four. If you lose one, so be it. Yes. That's that's it. I'll give you I'll give you an example. It feels terrible, but actually is okay. A hyperextended knee. You think you've done it? 
when you're mm-hmm. hyper engineer, you think you've done your knee. So you hop off and you can't run, you can't walk on, you can't put weight on it. Could I then use that as an excuse to bring on my in, my substitute? Well, that's the thing. And then what happens if you played one week later? So the thing that I th- my idea with this would be if you bring on the injury sub, the person who's injured per se would have to have the minimum 12-day break, regardless of what it is. There has to be a consequence because to sub a player out of the game for an injury sub yeah, has to be – there's got to be a, a consequence for doing it. Yeah. So if they do do and go, oh, it was just a jar, it'll make it an absolute mockery. So you either make the, 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 the back end of it a minimum 12 days to match what was be there for the concussion mm-hmm. or you just don't have it at all. Because yeah. I, I, once again, you think of a, a coach like Clarko, Dimmer, uh, Scotty, yeah, Fagan. Geez, imagine Ross Lyon. They would be able to do something with it. And I just think, yeah. And, and a perfect example is, is that, all right, you know that it's going to be maybe rain coming in on the day. So what we'll do is we'll put an injury sub in there as a smaller player. And if we finally getting beaten around the ball on the day, we'll tell one of the big guys to uh, do their hammy per se and yeah. then go ahead and, and, um, and do it. So I don't agree with it. I think that if you're one man down, you're one man down. It's just then that becomes more about rather than the fitness, the tactical aspect of the game. Yeah, and you know, that, I, I read I read one of our loyal uh, our loyal viewers and listeners, Joel Michael, who's been on us for the last couple of years, and he brought that up. And I just wanted to um, verbalize what he wrote because it's exactly what what um, is potentially going to happen as well too. So yeah, yeah. I and, don't then what, and then what and then what happens halfway through the season? The AFL sees this trend, and then they have to pull it out after six weeks. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't do it. It's um no good. Yeah. Oh, I just no. So you think just leave it at the four? No, is leave it at the four. You leave it at the four. You run the risk because why change it? Like a concussion's a concussion. It, it's it's a mental injury. You know, if you do a hammy, what that that's that's okay. But because I can't see it, I think. No, I'm sorry. It's just one of those things that's it's it's part of the game. It's it is the whole as they would say the war of attrition. Yeah, and as a man who's done many hammies and heart muscles over the years, um, yeah, we were East Keeler were very much one man down for a lot of my career. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next subject. Okay, let's have a look at this because this has been, in my eyes, from around the grounds, one of the surprise packets. The quality of the AFL women's this year is, you can start to see that the actual female footballers who have been growing up with the game are really starting to come through and mm-hmm. it's not just netballers, um, not just those sort of things too. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So I suppose we'll give you the, we'll give you the uh, top six. Yep. I suppose we'll go from there. So we've got Frio on top lines, Collingwood, Crows, Kangas and D's and then it goes down all the way uh, to the bottom of that. So, I suppose what's really interesting from this point of view, Peps, is the top three are super locked in at 24 points a piece. So that's still up for grabs at that particular, you know, finish top of the ladder. Um, the remaining three, so the Crows, Kangas, and the Ds, are on 20 points. So they're only one game out of it, and those three are locked on 20 points a piece as well. So that top six is super tight at the moment. Um, and Tighter said, than John Holmes's crotch, I would say. The front of his pants are bulging with play. With yep, 
Excuse <laughs> me, Rusty. Um, no, but perhaps that um, that that that's probably as tight as I've seen it for a long, long time between all six teams. Usually, you have a one or two that are at the top, yep, and and have bolted and, and streaked ahead of the field. But this one here is really, really um, a close season, and the games, as you said, have been getting better. The quality has been getting better. Scores are getting better as well too, which is a great thing. Correct. That was one of the things that was letting it down when teams are winning. It was almost like soccer score. It was almost like NRL soccer scores at one stage, like twelve to six or you know eighteen to fourteen. No, nah, it's it's you know there's been some games where there's some been some really cracking goals set up. And actually, the, the actual thing that I took out of it too was there was a Melbourne and Kangaroos game at the start of the year, which was an absolute belter. And it was it was good because it was free flowing football. And if you notice what the girls play, they don't play a lot of the stop start footy. A lot of it is free flowing. So. I wish some of the uh, the tactics used, but mind you, they don't have wingers. So no. there are a couple. So do you take that into play? And go, mm, interesting, interesting. All right. No, because then you then, then you're adding fuel to your own fire of hating the rule changes. Oh no, no, I wouldn't do it. You've got to have the 18 men. It's 18 men. No, no. Got to have um, 18 because all, all the guns played on the wing. I suppose what's interesting here is the Suns and the Cats have no wins whatsoever. Um, and then each has a percentage which is in the 30s. So, Peps, as a, as a person who follows a team that often has percentage points lower than 30. No, 50s, does, we had it at 50. What does that, what does that feel like to, um, to follow a club that gets belted literally, you know, you can't pick a third of the score? Um, it's not good, mate. <laughs> when, you're, when you're getting outscored virtually by double every single game you play, that's got to be demoralising. Um, yeah. Getting beaten every week is, well, Melbourne supporters, we get used to it. Um, that virtually happens um, daily in the Port Adelaide prison yard. You'd, you'd know that. Uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's tough. And so you've just got to give it, you've just got to give it a little bit more time for those clubs because they're all still young. Like I think we're in the season number five, I think it is. A lot of the clubs haven't even been here for two years. Yeah. So, you know, they, they are where the clubs at the start were. Yep. Yep. I suppose the big thing here is the Tigers. And is the talent pool big enough? That's the other thing. Well, that was something that we have spoken about the last couple of seasons. Um, The good players are really good and there were um, a big drop-off after that. But now I feel that there's probably a little bit more quality running around. The Tigers at the moment are struggling in the AFLW. Uh, They're sitting somewhere around. Yeah, don't get me started on the Tigers. I'm massively pissed off with them. The simple fact is that they sacked a guy who'd been there for two years in terms of Tom Hunter, put his heart and soul into it because they didn't win a game in their first season. They've brought in this new coach. They've won one game. So really there's not much difference in what they've done. Are they going to get rid of him? Probably not. So (laughs) I don't. No, I'm a, like I said, big fan of Tommy Hunter, an absolute class act, represented that club from the VFL level uh, into the AFL level and was shafted. Simple as that. So, you know, if Richmond keep losing, stiff. They've won enough in the men's side for many years and probably this year again, which is what we're about <laughs> to get into. Um, well, before we do, Peps, we've got one more thing to talk about. Yep. And that is uh, a wrap-up of the preseason games. A couple of Ooh. questions I have for you. Is, okay. two, is two enough? And did you like what you have seen from your club in particular? Mm, okay. Wow. Okay. Um, I reckon I'd like to see maybe two games. I think two would be better. One probably wasn't enough. Uh, so – once again, if everybody doesn't know, I'm a Melbourne supporter, <laughs> member. 
I watched one game against Richmond. They played really, really well. They played against the Doggies a week or so later and got absolutely smashed. Now, mind you, we didn't have our – I think we had about seven or eight out. I'm not saying that that's the issue. But I think it doesn't give you a clear indication of, of one game. I think you need two to get a bit of an idea about what's going on. Why here's the other question. For, but here's the question for you, Jamie. Would you rather scrap those preseason games and practice games and get straight into the season and have an extra couple of games towards? So we're let me play seventeen and five. Maybe you could play seventeen and seven. So maybe have a twenty-four game season and then you or seventeen and nine. What's that? Twenty-six game season and then you play the other nine the year after. No, so it's only four more games. It's only Four more games that you normally would be playing, and at the moment they played three, virtually three practice games. Yeah, no, for me it's not. Like I actually, there were some things from last season that I really enjoyed that I sort of wish they were sticking around for 2021, to be completely honest. And what, the super goal? Uh, no, no. Super duper goal? <laughs> not the super goal, but, I, but you know, I, Alex. I did – I actually did like footy on every night. I really love that. Oh, yeah, and we've, like that yeah. we've had to say goodbye to that. I think there's only a couple of Thursday night games this year and that's it. Um, but two, um, I mean, we played Adelaide twice. So we have two showdowns. We have two practice matches against Adelaide. So we've got four showdowns essentially. Now we use them to play basically a full powered squad against Adelaide and Adelaide were much the same against us. Now, witches hats. Well, they were, but I always think that um, now this is, this is just an old school mentality, but I think that winning form is good form. So I'd rather see the two preseason games still two even more, maybe even going back to the old cup days, peps before. Oh, but uh, the bit of wizard a, cup, bit of wizard a, cup action. We'll put a bit of money on the line. Put a bit of something oh, yeah, there. there. There's got to be an in, there's got to be a um, incentive because there's no incentive at the moment for them to play. And mind you, clubs need to cash, so you might as well do something with it. Yeah, and uh, especially in the COVID times, I mean, just throw well, it, just just exactly. put a mill up, put a mill up for it, or put half a mill. Oh, half a mill. Just something, just something. But I know, I know, we are talking about something in a COVID time where teams can't travel, borders get shut within twelve hours, and you just got to deal with it. But I don't know. Two two games against Adelaide for me was a bit crap. But I would like that to was see that it. was that was pretty crappy. You need you need, like, to, you need to have some more competition. So look, look, I think next year they'll go back to three. Yeah, it's just this whole COVID thing when it blows over. Yeah. Hey, you know what's not going to blow over is the twenty twenty one season. And like I mentioned earlier, if you haven't had a chance, listen to the twenty twenty one season previews. If any of the listeners right now have listened to it and you're, you're watching this live on the Facebook channel, or you hey, shout us a comment, tell us what it's like. Even if you want to jump on iTunes and give us a review, we would absolutely love it because um, it's laced out. It's how you want your footy preseason, during season, postseason. We're here for you. Have you got your final eight worked out for the 2021 season? Because I have. I want to know if you have as well. I have. That was your, that was your homework you set me, so I have done that. Fantastic, Mr. Wallace. All righty. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to start with your bottom four, your top four? Do you want to give yours and maybe some of the reasons why? Are you saying you want to play a game of you show me yours, I'll show you mine? Mm, hello, boy. Let's, uh, <laughs> yes, let's play a bit of uh, you show me your four and then I'll show you my four. 
All right. Let's start with your top four and maybe give a couple of reasons why you've decided to go for those. And these can be in no particular order, by the way. So just picking a quaddy. You just just go the quaddy, mate. Just go the quaddy. All right. So in my in my quaddy, in my top four, I've got. In fact, I'll go. I'll I'll actually go in order as well. This is fine for order for me. Okay. Yep. Richmond, Port, Brisbane, Geelong, which doesn't change much from last season. And the reason why it hasn't changed much from last season is because nothing has changed much from last season. Richmond are still going to be a, a super strong team. They won the premiership. They've done it the last few, you know, three or five or three or four. Port have probably only increased in their strength um, for their squad and no big admissions really from that squad. Brisbane, another year together. I think they're still one of the teams to beat. Um, although they have lost one of their key players last uh, two weeks ago. And Geelong, the only problem they had that you and I have spoken about lots of times was the potential Tommy Hawkins situation and they have filled that gap lovely with a gentleman by the name of Jeremy Cameroon. Oh, Jeremy Cameroon. He sounds uh, – is he going – is he going anywhere? Like, is he going to be a, a gun? Is he? I've never heard of him. Where's he uh, from? He's um, he's uh, he's from he's from Greater Western Sydney. <laughs> okay, all right then. So he's great. Yeah. Well, that's probably why no one heard of him at all. From Australia. He's from Australia. Yep. Yeah, he's right. from Australia. Yeah. Um. So I think I think those four teams are probably still going to be good. Um. So. Richmond, Port, Brisbane, Geelong, and that's because I don't see their squads getting any weaker. For 2021. All right. So here's my top four in no particular order because when it comes to this, it doesn't make much of a difference. But I've got Brisbane, Port Adelaide, Geelong, and Richmond. Here's why. Brisbane, they they actually let a, a massive opportunity slip last year by not uh, taking advantage. Can you say that again for me, that your top four in order? Just, are they in the order? Uh, this is my order. I've written it no. down. Brisbane, okay. Hang on. Port, Richmond, Geelong. Port. Rich and Geelong. Yep. Okay, I'm just going to put this back in. I've got I've got my notes again for for the, for the season. We're back. Okay. All right. So we're going to come back and look at this. Now here's why. Brisbane have picked up Joe Danaher, so it takes a little bit of pressure off Hipwood, and they've also picked up um, oh the number five it was number five for Geelong. Couldn't get a game. Kept get Nakai Cockatoo, so he's gone up there as well too. <laughs> So there's a bit of there's a bit of youth. They haven't really lost anyone. Cam Rayner has gone down, but I think they can. Hang on, are you talking about Hipwood can't kick good? No, Hipwood gets a bit of pressure off him. Instead of getting oh, the number one defender, he I gets thought, the number two I defender, said, and you I would be quite Hipwood. surprised. I used to get the number one defender every single week, and I made it a nightmare for them. Ask Justin Parker; he saw me dominate many, many times. So Brisbane are there now. Port Adelaide, you've picked up the hyphen, uh, or as in the, or the twins, Aaliyah, Aaliyah. And Horatio Fantasia. But the thing that also I like about you is that you've actually got the best draw. You play St Kilda, Collingwood, Western Bulldogs, Carlton and Adelaide twice. So that is a really good uh, couple of percentage boosters there for you. Richmond really haven't lost anybody and they've, they've virtually gained nobody, but they're that good and they've got that many people sitting in the wings that they're, they're the measuring stick for everybody at the moment. And the reason I put Geelong in is, first of all, they are going to be dad's army. It is going to be a little bit tough for them because they have got the seventh hardest draw. They pick up Higgins. They pick up Jeremy Cameron. They pick up Isaac Smith as well. So that's going to add a bit of run and gun. But 
they play so many games down at a very unique ga- a ground called the uh, GMHBA Stadium mm-hmm. that if they win three quarters of those, they're virtually in the eight as it is, and they're going to pick up wins left. They're going to pick wins up against a couple of the lowly teams as well. So I just think like that they play from from their double ups. They've got Richmond. You'd think that they maybe go one one with that. Brisbane maybe one one. St Kilda I don't know. Melbourne lose both of those, and North Melbourne probably win both of those as well. So they've got something on their side there. So, so I just don't think the top like, four is going to be much of a difference to what yours is, if not the same. Sounds like you copied off my bit of paper. Okay. Well, would you like me to go first next time? Well, okay. don't get don't get sour grapes about it. I'm not getting sour grapes. I'm just getting factual. Okay, so um, and, and a lot of the stuff coming in off the uh, coming in off the off the chat is exactly what we're saying. Uh, JP's gone with Geelong, Brisbane, Richmond, St Kilda. There's one team that you've got there that I haven't even got in the eight. Uh, Joel Michael's gone with Richmond, Geelong, Port and Lions, same as us. Uh, and Donna Jovanovic, uh, and by the way, her husband is an absolute gun when it comes to the karate, uh, Big Joey, uh, Tigers, Doggies, Brisbane, Port. So there is seems to be a bit of a flavour with um, the Tigers, Brisbane and Port. It seems to be that fourth one might be a bit uh, back and forth. But and uh, quickly, right. Just a quick, quick little address. I don't own yeah. one. Craig, um, Craig Davis from the Porches Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Um, there'll be no fedoras on this Show. I don't own a fedora. Peps probably does. Uh, yep. Yeah, no, he does. Peps owns a fedora. Hey, I would. Hey, Indiana Jones wore one and he got the chicks. So I'd wear one. Craig, you look good in it. We don't. And I wouldn't have badges on it either. All right. <laughs> give me. Do you want me to give my bottom four or do you want to give your bottom four? Oh, you're getting a bit, you're getting a bit salty now that you're yeah, well, a bit salty because I reckon you're going to copy my bottom four. All right, you go with your bottom four first. Here's my bottom four, okay? Bottom four, simple as this. Western Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. West Coast. Mm -hmm. Fremantle. Mm -hmm. And Melbourne. Okay. That's my bottom four. Okay, here's why. The Doggies have the best midfield in the league, full stop. They are just a powerhouse. Like I think I went through with uh, Danny McGingley during their – they're, um, hold on, hold on, quickly. What did you say? Sorry, I just dropped the name. Then I did a Lee Mac. West Coast. Yep. Who else did you have? Western Bulldogs, West Coast, Frio, and Melbourne. Slow down. I got to write this shit down. Uh, dogs. West Coast dogs, Melbourne. Is that right? Frio. Frio then Melbourne. Yep. Frio then Melbourne. All right, Frio. Sorry, I'm left-handed trying to write with it around a microphone. All right. Oh, you know what? Like, just some people have not been with us for the first 46 minutes of the show, and then they come in and drop something as simple as, hey, guys, did you know that Richmond has been premiers for 536 days? <laughs> really? Absolutely no chance. I would have forgotten that at all. Um, all righty. So... The way that I look at it is simply this. The Western Bulldogs, like I said, have the best midfield in the league. When you've got when you've got a midfield running around of Bailey Smith, the Bont, McRae, Dunkley, um, uh, Wallace, Liber, Daniel, Hunter, and I forgot that bloke that you may have heard of him called Trelaw running around. That is a tough midfield. Now, they might have a bit of difficulty down front and down back, but – if their midfield can spread the goals a little bit, um, it's going to make it a lot easier. So I just think that they're too good of a midfield to not make it. All right. Okay. West Coast, yes, they are getting a little bit long in the tooth. We know that. 
They've got the 15th hardest draw. They play St Kilda, Collingwood, Western Bulldogs, Fremantle, and Adelaide twice. But I just think that with 11 home games in Perth, they win nine of those. They probably only need to win four more for the rest of the season to make the eight, four or five at the, at the most. So they're just setting themselves up. The thing is, though, they are getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh Kennedy isn't getting any younger, so it's going to make it a bit of a challenge for them. All right. He's declared that he's fit, though. Everybody declares that they're fit until they run out and they go twang or pop or ouch. <laughs> yep. Fremantle, they just seem to be doing something um, under there. I just think that the way that they played on the weekend, they've actually got a not a bad draw, ninth hardest. They play Brisbane, West Coast, Carlton, Sydney, and Hawthorne. So there's potentially a couple of double up wins for them there. Mm-hmm. And I just think the kids that they've had over the last couple of years, Brayshaw, Chera, um, you've also got, I've went blank here. Um, Five. he's had a couple of lowly years will probably pick himself up again. Hogan's not there anymore, so um, there's not that distraction around the club anymore. I just think that they're just they're just brewing into something nicely and um, they like playing under Justin Longmuir. You can see that from last year. There's a bit of buy-in. They're actually quite nice. And look, I did put Melbourne in just for the simple fact that they lost a couple of easy games that they should have won. They were, you've got to understand they were two points out from making the finals. So if they had beaten Sydney – all the Western Bulldogs in Cairns during those daily, those double up weeks last year, they would have been playing finals. They didn't. Yeah, so they, be choked, they, they choked pretty yeah, hard. We choked. We choked. Uh, we, and we're good at that. But I think adding Ben Brown into choked the mix. Choked camembert cheese. Yep. Adding Ben Brown into the mix uh, helps with that forward line struggle. If he can kick 30 goals, we make finals. It's as simple as that because it, 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 it fixes up the, the deficiency that we've had. Um, and I think... It's it's good his last season, and and it's either going to make finals or he won't be there by three quarters. Not I wouldn't even say Queen's birthday. What if if we don't win games? Yeah, first six games. If we're if we're something like two and four after the first six games, uh, don't be surprised if Goody gets the chop. We played Geelong twice, Western Bulldogs twice, GWS twice, Hawthorne twice, Adelaide twice. So it's almost like the GWS, Hawthorne, Adelaide potentially six wins just there. Peps, you were like his little flower girl walking down the MCG. You were throwing rose petals left and right of him. I certainly was. And now? And now, no, because we've got a a – in my eyes, we've got a really talented list, and it's just not coming together. You're only in the finals two years ago. Calm down. Absolutely shites me and every Melbourne supporter. Now, I'm going to be doing the Melbourne premiere, and funny enough, I've actually got someone special to do that, the love machine, my brother Mark Pepper, who's been on the podcast before. He'll be doing the Melbourne one with me. And don't be surprised if that gets a little bit fire review because we're, I think, both in the same camp when it comes to Goody. He really needs to make a difference. Otherwise, um, yeah, we don't, we, we, we're, we're going backwards again. And I, I can't have that. I cannot have that. All right, give us your bottom four and then right. um, we'll put in the final bits. Well, it just goes to show that when you copy off the champ, you get it right when you don't. You get it horribly wrong, Peps. And- <laughs> Let's see. All right, so my bottom four is yep. West Coast. Yep. Dogs. Yep. Melbourne. Yep. Giants. Ooh. Now, one now, there's probably a couple of questions coming from both of us, and I'd love to hear some of them coming through. Um, I'm seeing some of the ones coming through from other people saying the Dogs, West Coast, and Kilda Ds. Mm-hmm. Someone wrote Carlton Collingwood. Someone wrote Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Essendon, Fremantle. 
Collingwood aren't because they're slow and they got rid of their good players. Carlton just not yet in Essendon. How many got a forward line? That was Donna. I love Donna, but Donna, come on, mate. Seriously, you're better than that. Uh, Justin had Essendon, Fremantle, Adelaide and Hawthorne. Two bottom clubs in their top. Parks. Parks. Please. (laughs) Please. Didn't realize you and I doing a comedy show, Peps. I didn't. We should have charged people admission. I didn't. I know we're not doing a comedy show, but I'll tell you what. Hey, by the way, have I told you that Justin Justin has his own race tipping page called JP's Tips? No. Well, there you go. His tips are as good as his his bottom four in the in the eight selections. I wouldn't recommend picking any of them. Yep. So for me, Peps, for me, um, much like you've said, West Coast, they just keep on keeping on. They're almost like the Geelong of the bottom four, six somewhere, third. Dogs, like you said, they've picked up an amazing amount of midfielders and they're only going to get better, plus the number one draft pick in the year. Melbourne, this has to be the year they come back into the eight. It has to be the year. So I'm gonna I'm going to really root for the D's to have a fantastic season and for Goody to get a three year extension on his contract. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> So go Melbourne, go oh. D's. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the camp now. And the Giants. I mean, you can't keep being so bad. They've lost a shitload of talent, but I think this year surely it clicks. If not, Cameron's gone. Yeah, I think he's been there eight years as well too. So I think all the clubs that you mentioned, uh, Goodwin, Buckley as well. And also, uh, Cameron have been there a, a bit of time. And yeah, they do need to do something. A couple of things. You're probably thinking, why did not pick St Kilda? Well, it's as simple as this. Their injury list that they've got at the moment could put them back by almost a month of football. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is they've got the hardest draw in the league. They've got to play Geelong, potentially lose both of those. Port Adelaide, both of those. Richmond, both of those. West Coast, both of those. Sydney, you maybe split that, Okay. So there's 10 games where they only win nine. So they without, only win one. Without their Rockman. Yep. Now, there's only 12 games left. So they're virtually going to have to win every other game outside of that to make it. It's going to be very tough. So, yes, they've added in Brad Krauts. Yes, they've added in Jack Higgins. They've got a pretty good list when it's fully there. But I just think there's just too many gaps at the moment especially in the first month, which sets up your season. So you're actually going to be the hunted, not the hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've seen previously, if you leave it to the end of the season, you, you, you're cooked. You're relying on other teams. And they've got a tough, tough draw full stop. And Collingwood, like I said earlier on, they've just lost speed. And, yep. and speed kills. And, you know, even though even though champion data rated Mason Cox as <laughs> elite, <laughs> Um, no, and they've got the third hardest draw. So they're going to play your mob twice. That's two losses. Brisbane, two losses. West Coast, two losses. Carlton's no pushover, and they might split it or beat both of Eston. So there's eight losses there. I think it's just too hard to come back on. So you've got to look at the, the anomaly in the draw, uh, and that's why I really enjoyed the 17 games last year because it was even across the board, and I think a number of the viewers have also said as well. Yep. Okay. Um, so, Peps, we're going to do a new segment on the show now. Is that all right with you? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, this week, I'm oh, sorry, this year, 2021, we're going to do a segment called Question of the Week. And what Question of the Week really is, is we ask you, the viewer, 
a question on our Facebook page and you give us an answer and we reveal those answers the following week. So this week, our question of the week is what are you looking forward to most in the 2021 season? And why? So, we're going to put that post up in our Facebook page. We want your responses. And then next season, we will, next season, next week, next week. we will. <laughs> next the way that you respond on social media would be next season. Next uh, next week, we will respond to that. And Peps and I will also give our answers for next week as well on the show. Awesome. Now, one other thing. Um, if you haven't been on the Facebook page and you ha- you've been under a rock recently, we are giving away an AFL game ball. Uh, in conjunction with Sharon. So what you need to do is this competition closes this Thursday at 5 p.m. And when we do our tips for this week, we will Peps. also announce the winner Peps. as well. Yes. What was that time again? And what day 5 was it? 5 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Okay. And so it's for available w- only to Australian listeners only. So for WA people, what time is it closed for them? Enter now. You won't have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't know Perth time. I don't even think I, I. I don't even think we can get into Perth, so we're not really going to worry. But what I'm trying to say is, is that if you want to have the opportunity to win, get on the Facebook page. All the links are there. You get till 5 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time to potentially win yourself a brand new AFL game ball worth 180 bucks on behalf of Sharon and Lace Out because that's how you want your footy. All right, mate. I think we are done for our first episode. It was good to get the bit of the ring rust off, and it was good to see a lot of the familiar faces on the chat as well too, and no doubt we're listening as well. So a couple of things before we finish up. Make sure you listen to your team's season preview. If it isn't there yet, don't stress. We will be bringing it out. Uh, We might even have a couple after the first round. Don't worry because uh, it's a long season, and I don't think round one is going to be a true indication of how how your team is going to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, uh, give us a thumbs up, share it because the more people that listen to it, they're finally going to get an AFL podcast where there's no fluff and we just say it how it is. Uh, and more importantly, it's great to have you all back, but I must say to my co-host, you have been absolutely sensational tonight and that is the level of expertise I expect every single week from a co-host and I think you've finally got there, mate. Oh, thanks, Peps. Well, it's good to be back and it's great to see the listeners and great to see some interaction with them because I have missed it in the off-season. I know. And you do look like Javon Stevenson's dad. Oh, so, is, it, um, is, it because, is it because of the slick hair this week? I reckon this is, uh, it could be the, the lack of hair, could be the shape of the face, could, could be, be the comb over. It, it no. could be a lot of things. But anyway, have a great, have a great week, <laughs> listeners. We'll be back in a couple of days with our tipped out segment and we'll be revealing the winner of the AFL game ball. So, J-Dog, it's as simple as this, mate. We're into our fourth year and I'm simply going to ask you the one question. How do you want your footy, mate? Peps, I like it. Lace out. And so do I, and so does everybody out there. Have a great week, all. We'll speak to you this time next week. See you, listeners. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. I'm your host, Chris Pepper, and with Jamie Wallace, we give you your footy how you want it. Ice out. <laughs>